Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2021 MLB season is here, and although the seats may not be full, your bankroll has the chance to be. Ray Hoops Peterson has you covered for every game, every day this season, along with comprehensive analysis and angles for getting to the window while celebrating the walk-off winners and blown saves of what will be a wild season. Now it is time for the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. A warm up from below. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Got a great podcast for you. We welcome on in the second segment the old man who bets, Jeff Sheesby. We wind up doing this prior to the conclusion of the Yankees versus Red Sox game, but we take a look at all the divisional series along with doing a nice little deep dive on the wild card. He's going to be talking about some of the teams that he does like with regards to their World Series odds. We're going to be talking about just these divisional matchups and how some of these teams might be able to fare and whether you should be maybe going a little bit more series-based or if you should be going a little bit more game-by-game base. So we're going to have a nice chat there with Jeff. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys a sign total on every game on the betting board for this Wednesday, which is one of them. In a little something I like to call touch of all. It's just natural reaction. It's like, oh, there should be 15 games, but in reality, there's one. But with that said, we also do now know that it's going to be Corbin Burns against Charlie Morton in game one of the National League Divisional Series. So I'll give you guys my initial thoughts there and then provide a little bit more on Friday as well. So we've got that. I will give you a little bit more when it comes to the Divisional Series, but White Sox have yet to settle on a starter and the Boston Red Sox, as I'm coming on to this podcast, just took down the New York Yankees. So we'll have those picks 
on the podcast tomorrow, so I have no fear there. And this is a podcast that is dedicated to two things, making you guys money and just making you guys more informed about baseball betting in general. So if you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNRS41. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. them from there, Arable Fire, whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did get in a question today, so let's dive in. So you have questions, and Greg may or may not have any insight into them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. We get this one in from Thick Spreads, and you're able to follow him on Twitter. At Spreads, and then the word Thick spelled T-H-I-C-C-C. Yes, at GRSCORD, he does your podcast breakdown, the evaluation of home field, how much does that differ, if at all, compared to the regular season home field advantage, and I really think that the numbers are the numbers when it comes to home field, and it's just very relative because with the Milwaukee Brewers, we're going to be talking about this with Jeff, the fact that they have been a very good road team and their home run differential is like 100 runs lower than it is on the road. So you don't necessarily have as much when it comes to Miller Park. I do think that there's a little bit more of something when it comes to home field advantage, when it comes to the playoffs, because also keep in mind that towards the beginning of the year, you had some very empty stadiums and things wanted to filling back up towards the summertime as well. So that is something that is taken into account. But you do have some pitchers that they're absolutely dominant at home and not so good on the road. Luis Garcia is probably going to be pitching at some point for the Houston Astros. Textbook example of that, if you would have had the Cincinnati Reds in the postseason, you had an extreme opposite in Tyler Molly, who had a north of 5-5 ERA at home. Meanwhile, on the road, going into his final start against the Pittsburgh Pirates, his ERA was sub-2. So, I think that it's really a case-by-case basis, and there is no set way of being able to do home field advantage when it comes to baseball because unlike an NFL field in which it's 100 yards no matter where you wind up going, no matter where you wind up playing basketball at the Hoop is the same size. The court is the same amount of length and feet. You don't have that in baseball. You've got the grass cut a little bit differently on the infield in some spots. Obviously, the weather is going to vary, and you have that when it comes to football, but when it comes to baseball as well, the fences are out at different lengths, which means that you get some ballparks like Miami that are very pitcher-friendly. Meanwhile, if you're gauging the Colorado Rockies the exact same at home versus on the road, then I don't know what you're doing because obviously you're playing out there in elevation, and we wound up seeing their home and road splits towards the first half of the season. So it is always of consideration. Trust me, when I do my podcast, I typically will point out the home and road splits of these specific pitchers. If we wind up seeing something demonstrative with regards to record, I always make sure to point that out as well. So I do appreciate the question. Now let's take a look back at how the New York Yankees wound up getting completely walloped by the Boston Red Sox on Tuesday as we do a little bit of a recap of that, try to find out a little bit more of the Red Sox, and just take a look at them going into their series against the Rays, which will be starting up on Thursday. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. 6-2 was a final, and this was a game which, if you wound up betting this total, if you liked the under like I did, hopefully you took it early because it wound up opening up at 8.5. It got down to 7.5 in some spots, so if you like the over and you wound up taking the 7.5, you wound up getting there as well. I had this pegged at like an 8.1, 8.2. So I like 8 over, I liked 8.5 under. So that was solid there. My New York Post play of the day of the Yankees 
Well, that went down in a fiery heap of smoke. For those of you guys that did wind up having the over of like seven and a half or eight, you'll be happy to know John Carlos Stanton wound up making you some money as he wound up getting home run off of Garrett Woodlock and then Anthony Rizzo wound up having a home run that it looked like was going to spark a rally for the Yankees off of Nathan Eovaldi because then you wound up getting Aaron Judge on base and then Phil Nevin stupidly sent him around third base into home when the game was three to one and the real unraveling for the Yankees though that was bad. It was Garrett Cole. He had absolutely nothing in this game. He gives up three runs over the course of two innings including a pair of bombs going deep for the Boston Red Sox. Xander Bogarts and Kyle Schwarber as Nathan Eovaldi. He gave a really good start. Eight strikeouts, a strike out prop, wound up going over five and a third innings, gave up one run. Ryan Brazier, two-thirds of an inning, scoreless. Tanner Oak, Ansel Robles, both give you a scoreless inning, and then Whitlock gives up that home run. Meanwhile, for the New York Yankees, their season is done after Luis Severino gives up a run out of the bullpen in one and a third innings. Jonathan Lewisaga gives up two runs in an inning. Jack Green gave you five outs, and Clay Holmes wound up giving you two scoreless, but now it's a Boston Red Sox against the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Red Sox are 4-11 and in their last 15 games against the Tampa Bay Rays. I really felt going into this game, whoever wound up winning would just be pretty much roadkill to the Tampa Bay Rays. There's nothing I saw in this game that makes me think otherwise, but certainly a congratulations to the Boston Red Sox. And hey, depending on your number, overs and unders are both 1-0 in the postseason as of right now. And obviously, underdogs are 1-0 and home teams are now 1-0 trend-wise. So that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball yesterday. Now let's take a look at these divisional series. We're going to also talk about the Tampa Bay Rays a little bit in general, as myself and Jeff are very high on them. We, like I said, wound up doing this interview before the conclusion of Yankees versus Red Sox, but going to have a good chat about the MLB postseason with our good friend, the old man who bets on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to be joined by our guest as it is the old man who bets joining me on the podcast. He does a terrific job when it comes to just gauging a little bit of everything sports betting. I know that he is very nervous as I do this podcast because we're doing this during the Yankees versus the Red Sox podcast, but... With that said, he does a terrific job over there at 1.37 p.m. I know that he does quite a bit of podcasting. I know that he does some work with DraftKings as well. This is a man that also out there on Twitter wound up posting up a little bit of a power ranking when it comes to all these playoff teams. We're going to be diving into that and so much more. As We do have Jeff Sheesby joining me on the podcast. And you're able to follow him on Twitter at Easy Enough, Old Man Who Bets. And Jeff, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Greg, thanks so much for having me as always, man. Great to be back. You said it. I've got my Aaron Judge jersey on for better or for worse since the playoffs. And, and this one, I think, is going to be an absolute roller coaster. Oh, I'm right there with you. And I do think just going with the Yankees versus Red Sox team here, whoever winds up winning this game, they are going to be up against it with the Tampa Bay Rays, with the Rays. I take a look at them, and I see the best team in the American League right now just with how balanced they are. you got a guy in Kevin Cash who I do think is the best manager out there in baseball, and we've just seen it throughout the regular season. Both the Yankees and the Red Sox wound up having their struggles with the Tampa Bay Rays. So I think regardless of what winds up happening on Tuesday, whoever is a winner is going to be up against it against the Rays. Yeah, man, I unfortunately agree, again, as a Yankees fan. But, you know, when we're looking at, at World Series futures here, Rays plus 750, that was on DraftKings Sportsbook, was one that really jumped out at me. 
And we talk about run differential here. They're number three in the league in run differential right there with the Giants. They're at 206. Giants are at 210. The Dodgers, of course, a league of their own at 269. But it seems like they kind of check all the boxes, right? Great run differential, although an alarming home and away split, plus 142 at home, only plus 64 on the road. So something maybe to keep an eye on there. But even across the board, when we're looking at pitchers and the starters here, pretty okay. Starters is probably their weakest spot in terms of the 10 teams in playoffs. ERA number nine at 408. In August and September specifically, it was at 4-3, which was 10 out of 10. But I mean, they make up for it with a great bullpen. You know, this is a bullpen that cumulatively had a 3.24 ERA. So it feels like with that run differential, I know they love their openers. They love to get creative. Feels like a team that can really give our teams I think, a very tough time, especially at that plus 750 number. And we always talk about the bullpen of the Tampa Bay Rays. How about them being the number one team in the big leagues with regards to runs per game during the regular season? So got to give it up for them as you've got to give it up for the LA Dodgers. But apparently the league doesn't think so because what is the reward of the LA Dodgers for winning 106 games going over all their just obscene win totals, having a tremendous year despite Dustin May going down early? The terrible situation that we wound up seeing with Trevor Bauer list goes on and on. A one-game playoff with a St. Louis Cardinals team that right around this time last week was on a 17-game win streak. You've got Adam Wainwright who's going to be going for the Cardinals and Matt Max Scherzer who's going to be on the bump for the LA Dodgers and Right now, we're finding the Cardinals as a $2 underdog. I do certainly think that the LA Dodgers should be a favorite in this spot. No question about it. But if you're giving me $2 with the St. Louis Cardinals, I'll take that all day. I don't know about you, but I think that there's value here on the Cardinals, even though I do think that they should be the overall underdog. Yeah, man. I mean, pure comedy that the Dodgers are <laughs> in the wild card game, right? <laughs> but again, run differential, 269 plus 269. The next best team was the Giants at plus 210. So the best team in the league by 59 runs. Like that is like the Grand Canyon size chasm there. And then you look at the Cardinals here. They're only (laughs) plus 34 on the season. That's a 235 run differential between these two teams. That is absolutely insane. And, you know, it's a perfect combination of like, do we trust season data or do we trust the last 45 days? If you trust the last 45 days, almost impossible not to back the Cardinals, right? So you said 17 in a row. Absolutely insane. But, you know, one thing that I did think was really interesting, and it might not matter for this first round, because obviously the Dodgers are at home, but the Dodgers were one of two teams here in terms of home run differential and away run differential, where they were just absolutely dominant on both, plus 143 at home, plus 126 on the road. The only other team that got even close to having that kind of even split was the Astros, a plus 100 at home, plus 105. Meanwhile, we got our Cardinals here, minus seven at home, plus 41 on the road. I guess that's a little bit of upside that they rally away from Lou, but I think it's going to be an uphill battle for this Cardinals team, kind of obviously. It is absolutely insane that we've got what we're going to have going down in this one, as we do have Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. the old man who bets, joining me on the podcast. And whoever the Giants wind up drawing, whether it be the Cardinals or the Dodgers, I think that it is going to be intriguing because we did see the Cardinals play very well against the San Francisco Giants during the regular season. And we all know what happened in that Dodgers versus San Francisco Giants regular season series. The Giants won the regular season series by one game. And a lot of that is because Mike Dockman wound up robbing Albert Pools of a home run in one of those games, or else the Dodgers would have gotten that win. And it would be the Giants right now in the one game wild card. So it just goes to show you that all 162 games 
are very meaningful. But you take a look at the other end of the spectrum between the Braves and the Brewers, and I do think that this one is going to be intriguing because I think whoever winds up winning this series, whether it be the Dodgers, the Cardinals, or the Giants, they're going to have a little bit of a tough time with it, in my opinion. I was higher on the Brewers prior to a few weeks ago, but I've not liked what I've seen out of Freddy Peralta since coming off the injured list. Three-plus runs given up in four out of five starts since then. The loss of Devin Williams and Jake Cousins from that bullpen have certainly been glaring for them as well. And then with the Atlanta Braves, I question their frontline starting pitching as well. So I do feel like whoever winds up coming out, whether it be the Giants, the Dodgers, or the Cardinals, they've got a good path to the World Series, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that makes sense, man. The Braves at plus, what, 1,100 right now to win the World Series. Doesn't feel great. Braves versus Brewers, run differential within the 10 teams here, number six, number seven. So a bit of a wash there. Interestingly enough for this Brewers team, they were only plus four runs at home. Wow, plus 110 on the road. I don't know what we make of that, but that I think is is wildly, wildly interesting. And I think you bring up a really, really good point, Greg. Obviously, Devin Williams punches a wall celebrating our postseason birth. <laughs> you know, I'm not even going to get into how absurd that is. But when we look at these starters here, I think there's a lot of uncertainty kind of outside of the top of the rotation, but that doesn't necessarily matter for this Braves team. This is a starting rotation that through uh, August and September of the teams left, had the third best ERA, the fourth best expected FIP, and their bullpen got it together. They were the fourth best of these 10 teams in terms of ERA in the bullpen at 3.29. Their expected FIP doesn't look as good, almost a full run below that, indicating a regression. But in you know these small samples, that might not come. You know, It's the type of thing where they kind of got rid of A.J. Minter, sent him to AAA. He's a fine six-inning guy if they need him now, but Maztec and Luke Johnson have gotten it done. Closers are gotten it done. When we come into the bullpen here, maybe we see starters coming out of it. So it's just one of those things that I think it's hard to quantify. But in that wild card game, I definitely like the Braves. And I think one point that that also kind of helps solidify that, if you're looking for you know one swing to change a game, this Atlanta team is number three in home runs per game, only behind the Blue Jays and the Giants, where this Brewers team is number 18th in the league in terms of home runs per game. So If you need one swing to change things with a bullpen that's been overperforming, that's hot with a pretty good starter. I think the Braves are definitely the move here, especially considering are the Brewers at home? I think they are. Yeah, the Brewers are going to have home field advantage in this one. And I do give the Brewers a little bit of an edge overall for this series right now. You're finding that series price right around minus 145. And that feels about right. It's one that I really wouldn't advise either way. If you're looking at either side, I would look at a little bit more of a game by game sort of betting style in this one because I do mm-hmm. think that you give the Brewers a little bit of credit, especially with having home field advantage, but at the same time, certainly is going to be a fascinating series as we do have Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. the old man who bets, joining me on the podcast. And when it comes to just your handicapping in general, when it comes to the postseason, I know that there are quite a few people that they fire in on futures right away. I've been advising on this podcast, if you're looking to do futures, just do a little bit more of the rollover mentality on a series-by-series basis. I personally do a little bit more just game-by-game personally, but how do you wind up just gauging the postseason in general when it comes to your betting? Yeah, I think definitely lean towards that game-by-game mentality. And, and Greg, just one last point on that, Brewers. You know, you talk about their home field advantage for them. Again, their home run differential is only plus four. Away is plus 110. So playing more games at home, 
could that somehow hurt them here? I don't know. I think it's an interesting angle, but you know, coming to our handicap style, you know, I think it's one of those things that we have 162 games worth of data, almost 163. So, you know, I think the numbers are obviously going to be as accurate as they can be. We've got peak motivation. Everybody's rested. So it's, it's one of those things that I think you could trust the data a little bit more, especially the last month or so's data and performance as potential outcomes. So I'll occasionally throw a series here. Maybe I'll do some gambling and put in a World Series winner and liking some of those plus 700s, the Giants, the Rays really stand out to me. Don't hate the White Sox. I don't really like the Astros at plus 450, neither here nor there. But yeah, I'll do some gambling on some futures. But in terms of profit-making machines, sticking to my guns on the game-to-game level. And I do agree with you on the Astros at plus 450. I don't think that there's a lot of value there. But I do like them in their first series against the Chicago White Sox. And I think the big reason why is because we've seen the White Sox really struggle with teams that have had a record above 500. We've also seen it with the White Sox. The fact that they wound up having a losing record at home, and I just honestly don't know what to expect out of Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn because both of these guys have been a little bit banged up. Lucas Gilito as well. They looked better when they wound up making their last start or two of the regular season, but those guys wound up only going about five innings. So I do think that there's a little bit of mystery when it comes to the front-end starters, when it comes to the White Sox. And we all know with the Astros, This is a team that just feels like year in and year out. They always play their best baseball in October. Yeah, man. I mean, spot on. doesn't matter how down the Astros are. They seem to finally get it together. And I think that White Sox starting rotation there is such a good call out. We're looking at ERA ranking of these 10 teams. For the full season, these White Sox were number four. Coming into August and September only, that balloons to number seven out of 10 here. So they've definitely seen some woes here. And and that bullpen kind of looks the same way. Number five during the regular season of these teams, that is ballooned to seven. Their XFIP still remains low, but nonetheless, not one of those times that you need to bank on a positive regression. You want the numbers to be exactly what they are which I think is obviously important. And I've seen some consensus on Twitter that, you know, they've only played a certain amount of games with their full healthy staff. Now they're as healthy as they can be, at least from the bats. But you look at a guy like Eloy, I mean, yes, he helped me get to my fantasy playoffs and ultimately win it. But the last 30 days, this guy's hitting below 240 and he's only hit two home runs. So I get it that batting average doesn't really matter. But when you're also not hitting dingers, that is a major concern. So even at full staff here, like, yes, on paper, they're loaded. But will all of these injuries throughout the entire season, you know, kind of hurt their rhythm a little bit? I don't know. I think there's a lot of uncertainty there. So of the plus 700s, like, yeah, I get the upside. But I prefer the Giants and the Rays, you know, knowing that we've seen what they're going to give. And that product is very good. No question. There is a lot of uncertainty when it comes to a lot of the things that we're going to be seeing in the postseason. But one thing that is a certainty, Jeff Sheesby, always being able to deliver a great interview on this podcast. Jeff, I know that you're doing some great work over there at 1.37 p.m. I know that you're doing some great podcasts. I know that you do one with the Odds Fellow as well. So you've got that going on. I know that you've got a bunch of written work. I know you're also a man that you dive into the NFL, college football, give out some picks during the weekend when it comes to all forms of football as well, and have been having a good year with that. So love the good people at home. Know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything that you've got going on in general. Yeah, Greg. I mean, thanks again for having me always. You know, always such a good data-driven conversation. And I appreciate that. And I love the shout-out of, you know, anybody you could grab a beer with. But absolutely love to make that happen, whether I'm in Vegas or you're coming to New York. We'll definitely have to sit down for at least one cold one. But you can find me anywhere, man. You know, at Old Man Who Bets. You said it. You know, NFL to NFTs, ice-cold beers to Screamo. We do it all. I try to keep it fresh. The account is just unapologetically me for what I want to put out there. Thankfully, people stick around for the bets. Do some work. Short-term high volatility investments drops every Thursday podcast. Need to get you on that once we start having guests 
hopefully in the next couple of weeks with the odds fellow, as you said, and that's just sports plus data, hopefully equaling profits, a little bit of work with DraftKings, sell t-shirts, you know, it is what it is. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And as you know, my man, it's always a great day for a great day. Yes, sir. And I've got first round. If you ever come out here to Las Vegas, I certainly need to make that perhaps even second round as well. If you're willing to say for a round number two, and then when it comes to short-term high volatility investments, that podcast, you're able to find that wherever you wind up getting this fine podcast as well. Jeff does a terrific job with that, along with our good friend, Anthony Latino, aka The Odds Fellow. And it is always great to have Jeff on this podcast. So big thanks to the old man who bets, aka Jeff Sheesby, for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And coming up next, we do have a big one with regards to the National League wildcard game coming up tonight. So going to give you guys my side in total on that game on the other side. And a little something you like tall, touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. A big thanks to Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. the old man who bets, for joining me in the last segment. We've got one wildcard game for today, but also we now know who's going to be pitching game one of the National League Divisional Series between the Braves and the Brewers. So I'll give you guys that. The White Sox are still a mystery, and since the Red Sox and Yankees game just got done, as I'm coming out of this broadcast, we really don't know what the Red Sox plan of attack is is going to be quite yet. So I'll be having those picks on the podcast tomorrow. But going to give you guys a sign total on this National League game wildcard and a little bit of a preview for Braves versus Brewers game one here in Touch Em All. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Going to be going with that wild card game first, and then we're going to give you a little bit of a look at Friday's National League Divisional Series game between the Braves and the Brewers, and I'll be refreshing this on the podcast Friday morning, so have no fear there as we dive into 939-940 on the betting board as the St. Louis Cardinals going to be in the road to face off against the LA Dodgers and Wayno Adam Wainwright is going to be going for the cards. Meanwhile, Matt Max Scherzer on the bump for the Dodgers and the Dodgers are the biggest favorite we've ever seen in a wild card game in history of anywhere between minus 217 and minus 240. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the cards, anywhere between plus 185, and I'm seeing as high as a plus 205. 7.5 is your total. The over and the under are anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. I could have played it safe. I could have given the New York Post a total because I like this total over. I set this total at an 8.1, but we're going big here. We're going with Cardinals on the money line. Anything above about a plus 170. I officially set this at a plus 172. I was willing to take the cards. We're getting $2 here. I think that this is tremendous value. You've got a Cardinals team that at this time last week, they were riding a 17-game win streak. And Max Scherzer, he has been terrific for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are 11-0 in his starts. He has given up a combined 11 runs in his last two starts. I do recognize that one of these starts came at Coors Field, but he's been figured out a little bit more. Adam Wainwright, I recognize that two starts ago, he had a rough one in Milwaukee against Brewers. Bounced back, had a nice start in the next one. You've got two great veteran pitchers. And with the Dodgers, they do have the number two bullpen with regards to ERA in the big leagues. Alex Vasilla was able to step up for this team, along guys like Justin Brule, Phil Bickford and company, but I 
I do take a look at the Cardinals, the way that Giovanni Gallegos has been able to close out games. You take a look at what you've been able to get out of someone like a Luis Garcia. Kwon Young Kim has been able to come out of the bullpen, and I do feel very secure about that. With the Cardinals, you got a pair of guys with north of 30 home runs. Tyler O'Neill along with Paul Goldschmidt, who have really been able to emerge, and Nolan Arenado has been a good concept for this team as well. Obviously, with the Dodgers, you've got all their bats as well, as you've got all these guys that have been able to give you at least 20 home runs, and pretty much all these guys are hitting at least a 250 aside from Max Muncy, who's hitting like a 249, as you've got Justin Turner down for what? Trey Turner down for what? Mookie Betts. You're able to throw in there Chris Taylor, A.J. Pollock, Will Smith, so you certainly have some nice boppers there, and I've got to say, Corey Seager is right now is a man possessed. Over the last three days, this is someone that's hitting a 375 with a 455 on base, but I just take a look at the St. Louis Cardinals. They've been able to play relatively even up throughout the season series. This is a bunch in which they've been able to do very well on the road recently as well. With the Dodgers, I do think that they should be a favorite in this spot, but you're giving me $2 with the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm going to take it. We're going to ride Adam Wainwright. We're going to ride that playoff experience. I'm going with the Cardinals, and I'm going to be going over in this spot as well. And then, like I said, with the White Sox versus the Astros games, as of right now, we don't have any decided starters there. The Red Sox wound up just winning, so I'll have those picks on the podcast tomorrow for Game 1, but here we go, 919-920 on the bank board, the Atlanta Braves in Game 1 of the National League Divisional Series at the Red Faceoff against the Milwaukee Brewers as one Cobin Burns is going to be going for the Brew Crew and one Charlie Morton is going to be on the bump for the Braves. I pull this one for Bet Online because they and DraftKings are the only two places that have a line on this game. Both of them have a 7. Your under juice is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The over is anywhere between minus 105 minus 110. Bet Online has the Brewers at minus 132. DraftKings has the Brewers at minus 155. Plus 135 at DraftKings on the Braves. Meanwhile, plus 122 at Bet Online. I set this all at a 7.2, so if I'm getting a 7 here, I'm going to be taking a look at the over. I wound up setting the Brewers as a minus 148 favorite right now. If you're looking at run lines, which I probably am not going to wind up taking, you're finding the Brewers at plus 145 at DraftKings and a plus 163 at Online. So, if I were out there on an East Coast jurisdiction, which, being part of Easton, I can't bet at DraftKings anyway. A little bit behind the curtain there, but I would be just waiting on this one. If I were getting an offshore number like we're seeing right now, I would be taking a look at the Milwaukee Brewers because up until Corbin Burns' last start against the LA Dodgers to round out the regular season, the Brewers had not dropped a single one of Corbin Burns' starts ever since the All-Star break. And you just take a look at Corbin Burns. In my opinion, he is the rightful winner of the Cy Young Award. His walks per nine rate is hovering right round two. He has been masterful. Now, he's actually been a little bit worse at home than he has been on the road. 285 OMRA, buck 94 road ERA. That is something that we were talking about, Jeff Sheesby. The fact that you've got a Brewers team with right around a plus 100 run differential on the road compared to just four at home, but he has been lights out no matter where he's been. Burns at home. Three home runs given up in 88 and a third innings. Opponents throwing at 220 off of him. His strikeouts per nine rate, that is right around at 12.6. Then you take a look at Charlie Morton. He's actually been a little bit better on the road than he has been at home. And I will say, actually quite a bit better. 306, road ERA 361, home ERA. In 15 road starts, it's given up 4 home runs, 12 home runs at 97 and a third innings, given up at home, and opponents are getting a buck 85 off of them. You take a look at both of these bullpens, I do think that the Brewers 
are going to be locked and loaded with their bullpen. Brad Boxberger having a really, really rough go of it is something that is of note, but they've got Hunter Strickland back in the fold. Brent Suter is someone that actually led the Brewers in wins. We talk about their starting rotation and their leader of wins was Brent Suter with 12, so he's been able to do a solid job and then you take a look at Tyler Mazik, what he's been able to do for the Atlanta Braves has been absolutely tremendous. Richard Rodriguez has been able to come and give this team some good innings. Chris Martin has been a little bit shaky for the team, but you take a look at Luke Jackson, Buck 98 ERA. You've got a whole bunch of guys on this Atlanta Braves team with at least 30 home runs as well. Adam Duvall, Austin Riley, Freddie Freeman, Ozzie Albee. So they have been able to do their job. James e. Swanson, he's hitting about a 250 with a 311 on base. But then you take a look at the Milwaukee Brewers as well. When Willie Adamas is out there in the fold, this team wins about 66% of their games. When he's been out of the fold for this team, the team is 500. So Willie Adamas really is a cheat code for the Milwaukee Brewers ever since he was traded for. He has been absolutely tremendous. Hitting about a 285, he has been able to go deep for the Brewers 20 times in just 99 games. So he is the X Factor. Luis Urias has been able to do some nice things as well. 23 home runs. He's hitting right around 250. Avisail Garcia, 29 bombs for the team. Eduardo Escobar, I think, is going to be able to step up for this bunch as well. So I do take a look at this spot, and I'm going to be setting the Brewers as a little bit above a minus 145 favorite. I've got them officially as a minus 148 with Burns versus Morton here in game one. And like I said, a seven or lower, I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Seven and a half or I are going to be taking a look at the under. And that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Wednesday. A big thanks to Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. the old man who bets for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you've got one of two ways we all fry these in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GRSCORDY1. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five-star review. And I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. 